It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, Tyler West. And Chris, along with you for a few minutes here, uh, Shane Beamer's press conference coming up at 11.15, which we will carry for you live. I want to thank Luke Doty once again for being our guest on the Garnet Trust Hours. He and Wes had a, uh, had a great conversation there and uh, learned a lot of things about Luke Doty and the football program. Thought it was particularly interesting, uh, you know, him detailing being on special teams for the bowl game. Thought that was a pretty neat insight he gave there. Yeah, Luke is the man. I mean, we could have talked for, honestly, three hours. Uh, great to catch up with Luke. Great to hear from him. Such a just all-around student-athlete. And uh, I think he gave the fans a little glimpse into what that's like uh, on the day-to-day basis. And, uh, yeah, this is going to be a very short show on our part. We're going to hear from Shane Beamer here shortly. Probably plenty to hear from him. Uh, Chris, what do you think Shane Beamer's favorite firehouse sub of the day is? You know, I, I, in my opinion, it's probably the, uh, maybe the turkey bacon ranch. See, that's what I was, I thought, he just seems like it might be turkey bacon ranch. Uh, I could also see the, um, the hero. Yeah. That's the one you talk about sometimes during the commercials. Always Mm -hmm. make it sound very, very good. Yeah. Hero, I think. What could he get today? He gets spicy Cajun chicken today. It's a really good one to try out if you've never had it. It's not maybe the one you think of. When you think of firehouse subs, maybe not as conventional as some of the other ones, but spicy Cajun chicken. It's got the Cajun chicken on it, the jalapenos, the sauce. Really, really good. You can go check it out at any of the 14 firehouse subs locations around you, right down the road here at Main Street or any other. Go to firehousesubs.com. Use the Rapid Rescue to order your seven ninety nine medium. That is the sub of the day. You can get spicy Cajun chicken today, and there's one for every day of the week. We're going to go ahead and run into our first break, come back on the other side, and uh, going to get you out to Shane Beamer as soon as he takes the podium so we can hear from him today. You're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, Tyler West and Chris on 107.5 The Game. Back on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, Tyler West and Chris along with you. Keeping an eye on the press conference, uh, going to get you out to Shane Beamer as soon as he takes the podium. Uh, very excited to see what he has to say today. Uh, going to be previewing what's coming up here in the spring in a few weeks. I mean, technically, I guess it's the Shane Beamer takeover hour. I guess he's, so. He's going to take over here momentarily. We're going to get everybody um, out to him here shortly. Um, Chris, I imagine we'll get another potential pre-spring injury update, although we got one of those. Uh, we had some pretty good timing. We actually got to talk to Coach Beamer um, here recently and had some some stuff there on the site from our sit-down. And so we'll get an injury update, I'm sure. And he told us that there were some guys that – you know, are they're kind of waiting to to get some results back. They're waiting to see what it was going to mean as far as how long they might be out. Um, he mentioned Taka Hemingway will probably be limited to start. So I, I think we'll get an update on that. We'll obviously get some of his thoughts on some of these newcomers, maybe an update on the offense, and if there's any movement at all as far as what that might look like. Uh, for the most part, though, this is kind of like spring cleaning, I think, just sort of get everybody – up to date on what's been going on with the program. Is there anything new? Uh, you know, is there anything everybody needs to know, I think? 
Yeah, probably going over, you know, probably will field some questions in All terms. It right. uh, looks like he's actually at the podium now. Here we go out, Shane. Yep. Sorry to, I think I'm right on time. Sorry. I thought I was a little bit late. was filming a commercial with uh, Heisman Trophy winner George Rogers in my office. Always great to see George back on campus and enjoyed uh, visiting with him as well. And he's doing awesome. So just finished that up and, and came right in here. Appreciate everybody coming out today. Uh, kind of kicking off uh, spring practice here in a week or so, but wanted to get in here and have a chance to visit with you before we have practice one as well. Uh, before we get going on that, certainly want to congratulate Matilde Kless for winning the Darius Rucker Intercollegiate uh, Tournament down there yesterday on Hilton Head Island. Uh, I've been, I was at that tournament last year, didn't get a chance to go this year, but what a great field of uh, golfers that are in that tournament and pretty cool for a Gamecock to win a uh, tournament named after Darius uh, that Darius puts on. So congratulations to her and uh, best of luck to Kaylin and her team as they continue to uh, play this spring as well and continue to get better. I know it's a big weekend coming up for Gamecock Athletics and we've got equestrian, women's tennis, softball, beach volleyball, men's tennis all playing this weekend uh, in, in, uh, on their, in their sports. And then obviously we've got a really big baseball series coming up. So I want to wish Coach Kingston and his team uh, best of luck this weekend as well as Coach Staley and her team as they head up to Greenville for the SEC tournament. So I'm looking forward to being in Greenville Saturday for baseball. And then you can't assume anything or look ahead, but anticipating they'll win Friday and have a chance to watch our women's basketball team play in the semifinals on Saturday afternoon. So it should be a fun day in, uh, in Greenville on Saturday. Best of luck to all of them competing. Hope you enjoyed getting to know all of our new uh, transfers that have come in here, uh, here this morning. It's a great group of young men. Wanted you to have the opportunity to visit with them, and, and uh, they've really done a great job of adjusting and acclimating to what we're doing here at Carolina and couldn't be more excited about them being here. There's a lot of new faces, obviously, in our program right now with the incoming freshmen that are here, the new transfers that have come in as well, new coaches and staff members that have come in. So it's, uh, uh, I've said it before, we just can't assume that everything is going to go a certain way in 2023 because of what had happened in 2022. We've got a lot of new faces, and it'll be key for us how quickly we can come together uh, as a team, as a coaching staff, and how connected we can get here in a short period of time and then add to that with the incoming guys that will be here in June after they graduate uh, high school as well. Excited about the coaching staff that we have intact, uh, the new guys that we've added, uh, the ones that have stayed. We've had coaches on this year's staff that have turned down opportunities in the NFL, turned down opportunities in the SEC, turned down opportunities in the ACC to go to go places and coach. Just had one this week that turned down a fellow SEC East school. So it's great to know that there's a lot of people that are interested in our coaches. Uh, I've said it before, we've got a heck of a coaching staff here at Carolina. And when so many teams are trying to hire your coaches, uh, it's a great statement about what we have here at Carolina and where we're going as well. Challenge for us, and I've challenged everybody in our football program since we came back in January, is how can we con continue to get better, that we're not staying the same. Don't think that everything, just because something went well last year or worked well last year, that it's just status quo. How can we be better in everything that we're doing, the weight room, the training room, recruiting, coaching, nutrition, you name it, video, uh, on and on and on. So let's find ways to do things better than they've ever been done before. Really pleased with the way that our guys have worked. 
here in the last uh, two months. It's a very workmanlike group. Uh, I know Coach Day is really excited about this group and the way they've been working in the weight room. Uh, and the leadership is coming together on this team right now. We've got uh, a final team workout, uh, or they lifted this morning, a final team workout tonight. And then spring break next week, so it'll be good for our guys to get away for a little bit. And then we come back right after spring break and start practice on the Tuesday uh, that we get back from spring break. So excited to get back out on the field uh, without a doubt. Uh, It's exciting to be going into March from a recruiting standpoint to be able to get young men back on our campus this month. February is a dead period, so we haven't had any prospects on campus since January. Uh, so now that we're into March, hot, uh, recruits are able to visit. Got a great group of guys that are planning on coming throughout the month of March and April during spring practice. And, and anyone else that wants to come, come on. We got something special going on here at Carolina and excited to show uh, prospects and their families what we have. Uh, a couple just injury updates with our guys as we go into spring practice. Uh, don't anticipate uh, Tonka Hemingway or Case and Henry being able to do anything during spring practice. Uh, both of those guys uh, had a, a surgery, a surgical procedure within the last few weeks or last month or so. Nothing major, uh, just to be able to go clean up some things from the end of last season, so they can be at their best going in uh, to this season. So they won't participate in spring practice, but should will be good to go as we go into the summertime when they get back for summer workouts. Uh, Jordan Strawn and Mo Kaba. Will certainly be limited as they recover from their injuries and surgeries from the 2022 season. Don't expect uh, Mo and Jordan to be able to to do much during spring practice, if any, but they're trying to so we can hopefully get some stuff out of them uh, in practice. But their rehab is going great and they look great out there. They're moving around well in the limited things that they're able to do. And then same thing with David Spalding, probably more likely that David will be able to do something in spring practice uh, as as opposed compared to Jordan and Mo uh, with David, potentially the last half of spring practice, we'll be able to get him out here out on the field and get him going. But other than that, knock on wood, we're in great shape from a health standpoint. Offseason's been good, pleased with the progress we've made and excited to uh, finish up everything in the weight room this week and then kind of get into phase two for us, which is spring practice. So with that, questions, David? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shane, as Dowell has gotten in, have you and he, you know, kind of come together on a consensus for what the playbook will look like? And are there certain things that you'll have to maybe table until the summer, like until you get past the second window of the transfer portal? Yeah, uh, a little bit of both of all that. Certainly we've talked, you know, as far as what we're going to look like going forward. You've obviously got to present an offense to the players in spring practice, what that is. And there's going to be some new things that we call things. There's going to be some things that are identical to what we called them last year. I mean, there's going to be elements that we want to carry over. There's going to be elements that 
that, you know, either Dow wants to bring or that we've looked at as a staff and said we needed to be doing more of this or less of this like any any season as well. Certainly there will be some pieces, some players that, you know, we, we, we add to the mix after spring practice for sure, incoming freshmen obviously. And, uh, but the bulk of it, you know, will be in. And, again, it's, it's why you go out there and practice. We know haven't, we have an idea of what it wants to look like. I was reading some quotes from this press conference. I saw where Trey Knox said we were going to be up-tempo and go really, really fast all the time. That was news to me. Um, so I'm glad Trey, Trey and Dow have discussed that. Dow and I haven't. Um, but that's, uh, that's another story. But, no, I mean, there's, we went fast at times last year. But we want to see what best fits our personnel and, and what best fits us as a team, offense, defense, and special teams. But, yes, we've had some conversations. And, again, like I've said before, it's, it's uh, what can our players best execute execute. Uh, there's things that we did well last year that we want to continue. And there's some things that as we sit there and try and um, um, make this offense the best it can be for us that we want to do differently, whether it be terminology or how we call plays, uh, operate overall operation, things like that, that we can improve on. Shane, you mentioned the transfers and being able to have an opportunity to listen to them. I know just the last couple of years, short sample size, but, you know, think of a guy like Juice, Nate Atkins, Carlins Patel, some of these players that have come from smaller colleges Mm -hmm. and and come on over and done a good job for you. When you guys identify some of those smaller school players, and I don't know if I can ask you without giving the secrets away, but, you know, how what does that process look like and why do you think you guys have been so successful in those first two seasons? I think, one, it starts with uh, being willing to take someone from a quote-unquote smaller school. You know, unfortunately, I think there's probably some schools that say we're in the SEC. Why would we look at a running back from a division two school, no matter how successful that school is? Or why would we look at a defensive back from Assumption College? Or why would we look at a quarterback from St. Francis? It's great football everywhere. And um, there's a lot of guys, I mean, you guys know high school recruiting is an inexact science. And there's a lot of great players that should be coming in the SEC, should be playing in the SEC, but for whatever reason, ended up at different schools and every situation is different. So being willing to say there's great football players and great coaching all across the country, it's just different levels. Um, and then for us, it's you watch the tape, you see, you know, the skill set on tape. Does it fit what you're trying to do as a program and what you're looking for at that position? And then you've really got to do a great job, whether it's a small school transfer or, or Spencer Rattler coming from Oklahoma, digging into making sure, one, they're the kind of person you want in your program. Two, they have the competitive spirit and the work at the work ethic and the mentality that you want a player to have in order to be successful here. And, and then if they fit all those things and, and you know, and, and you feel like they're going to be a fit, you trust your ability to bring them here and then develop them uh, on the field, in the weight room uh, as well. And we've done a, you know, for the most part, a, a, a good job of doing that. But I'd say overall with the transfer portal in general, Mike, it's more difficult than ever because, I mean, these high school guys that we're recruiting, we spend years getting to know them. And some of these transfers that are bringing in, you're bringing in from a college, you literally have about 48 hours to find out everything you possibly can about a guy because he's on your campus and visiting or you're making a decision on whether you want to offer the guy or not to bring him on campus. And then they, he's got 10 other schools that are trying to do the same thing with him as well. So you've really you got to reach out to a bunch of contacts and find out as much as you can about a guy in a short period of time, which is really challenging, to be honest with you. 
Do you have any kind of an update on the three guys who were suspended last month? Still not a part of our team, still suspended. Um, you know, a lot of those decisions are made. That's a university issue as well, but uh, none of the three are, are currently with us and, and uh, don't anticipate them uh, being back with us uh, at any point in the near future, I'll say. I guess, Shane, from an identity standpoint with Dow, what do those conversations look like about what your identity looks like offensively, regardless of what plays you call, what system you run? Yeah, uh, probably very similar, Colin, to when I got hired. I mean, balanced, and what is balanced? Balanced to me is not 50-50. It's the ability to run the ball when you need to run it and throw it when you need to throw it. So we want to be able to do that. We want to be able to have a to be a physical uh, offense that, that plays really, really hard and uh, has the ability to be explosive. If you go back and look at our success the last two years, Colin, I mean, it's amazing. Just look at the explosive plays. For us, that's runs over 12 yards and passes over 18. When we win the explosive play battle in games against our opponent, I mean, our record is it's like lights out how good we are. So find, continuing to find the ability to be explosive. And then whatever the identity is, quit freaking turning the ball over so much. I mean, it's two years in a row we've been last in the SEC in turning the ball over. It's embarrassing. And for me as the head coach, it's really embarrassing that two years in a row, no one in the SEC has thrown more interceptions and fumbled the ball to the, given the ball to the other team more than we have. So obviously we haven't done a good enough job the last two years, starting with me of, of coaching that. And, um, and two years in a row, we've been, I think in 2022, we led the SEC in takeaways. Excuse me, 2021, we led the SEC in takeaways. 2022, I think we were second in the SEC defensively in takeaways, and we only missed being leading it by one turnover, I believe. So we've been dynamic on defense. Let's continue to do that. But then offensively, we've got to quit turning the ball over so much. Um, so to me, that's an identity. Quit giving the ball to the other team. Uh, run it when you need to run it. Throw it when you need to throw it. And let's continue to find ways to be explosive. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Shane, how did you and D'Angelo Gibbs reconnect? Um, he was in here and saying that after he left Tennessee, he was down in Florida about to go start doing a Joe job. And yeah. then uh, you got the calls. How did, how did he get back on your radar? Did, did the name just kind of re-enter the portal? How did all that work? Obviously, I knew the name because I was in Athens coaching at Georgia when D'Angelo was coming out of high school. And I know how heavily and hard we recruited D'Angelo when I was at Georgia uh, with Kirby. So I knew about him from that standpoint and, and knew about him as a person. Really, I'll be honest with you, David had kind of lost track of him a little bit after he went to Tennessee. He had a relationship with Derek Moore, Demo. Um, Demo being over at Georgia Tech and, and having some connections to D'Ang- to D'Angelo and his family. So D- Demo actually mentioned mentioned D'Angelo to me. It was probably late October, early November. We were getting ready to play Missouri or Tennessee, one of those last home games. And Demo just said, hey, D'Angelo, Gibbs, here's what's going on. He'd be interested in in coming here and and uh, walking on and joining the program for this for an opportunity and uh, we promised him an opportunity to come and come in and compete and we'll see what happens and he's been 
he's been um, he's been awesome. He really has been. You know, obviously he'll be the first to tell you he probably needs to lose some weight and continue to get in shape, and that's to be understood. But he's got a he's an old soul, and he's got a great maturity, you know, about himself and. And uh, kids and coaches on the team have kind of gotten to calling him, calling him the, the OG, you know, because of his experience and, and uh, age and whatnot. But D'Angelo, he's, he's really uh, has not much he hasn't seen and hasn't been through. So he's been been good, you know, and, and proud of him to this point. Shane, uh, going into the spring practice, uh, one of your returning players, obviously, uh, Nick Emmanuel. We know what he did last year, kind of as a true freshman. So going into, I guess this, I guess phase of the off season, and then going into next year, uh, what are some things that you kind of anticipating from him, and and uh, I guess some of his development, and and what kind of differences have you seen uh, from him, I guess, in this training period since the last season ended? Yeah, Nick's got to just continue to progress as a player. He obviously did some really great things as a true freshman that I don't think anybody. Uh, anticipated. So for him, it's uh, continuing to take the next step physically, uh, getting more and more comfortable back there, uh, mentally being able to do more and more with uh, with what we're doing from a defensive standpoint, schematically, the knowledge of the defense, making calls, getting guys lined up, and then just continuing to take the next step. And, and we've got a lot of new faces on defense. So if you look at the returning production you know, Nick's right up there in regards to experience from all the games that he started. So it's hard to, you know, you don't really don't want to say that he's a necessarily one of the leaders of this team, but in a lot of ways he is just because of what he did last season. And he's played a lot of football for us and then continued to be a great special teams player for us as well. You know, Nick did some really good things on defense for us and, and uh, and uh, because of depth issues in the secondary, didn't do as much on special teams. But Nick's got to be continue to get great as a DB. But now let's be an even more dominant special teams player for us as well uh, in 2023. Hey Shane, like you were talking about how in how thoroughly you investigate these guys, especially at smaller schools. Can you kind of talk more specifically about Mario and just the process of how you went through that and, you know, the thoroughness of that? Yeah. Um, you know, I know some of our recruiting staff people early on had seen his video, Gene, and they're like, this guy's a, you know, got something to him and is a really good player. And um, uh, watched it myself and you just saw a lot of, production you saw a lot of touchdown runs um for a really good team and really good program um and then i think we told the story before we had pete limbo and clayton white watch his tape you know to get their perspective on him you know are we missing anything and and you saw a skill set and you saw the things that that you uh, that you want to see out of a running back and then it was okay let's dig into his history a little bit and 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 uh you know reach out to the people you know down there in the charleston area in regards to him in high school and the kind of person he is and and then the contact period opened up when he was in the portal and he came and watched one of our i think one of our bowl practices before signing day he came and spent some time around the team watched bowl practice and had got a chance to know him we hadn't offered him at that point he just came and visited on his own and uh got him around all of our you know, people in our program, and they had a chance to get to know him in a short period of time. And then I think I called him the next day and and offered him a scholarship here at Carolina. And he's a, he's a talented guy, and, and um, just watching him run around and workouts. You know, he's got some explosiveness to him, and and as a strong you know strong young man, and excited to watch him on the field here in a couple of weeks. And once we you know get out there and actually start practicing football. 
Shane, you enrolled a pretty large freshman class for this January period. What have you seen from the freshman group so far, especially a guy like Pup who had that experience playing the bowl practices to now? Yeah, it's been easier for Pup because he was around us for a few weeks and it wasn't, and it's a little bit of a smoother transition. They've been great. Um, you know, I think. You know, Coach Day would tell you what we've done with our guys in January and February has been really, 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 really challenging and hard. And we've put everybody on our team in some really uh, difficult, you know, circumstances like every team does this time of year, trying to build that mental and physical toughness and camaraderie and leadership and and finding out who you can count on and things like that. And, and they, our guys have been in a lot of situations. And the thing that I would say is just with all those freshmen that came in, the the, the moment hasn't been too big for them you know and I've been proud of them they've they've been in some tough situations and they 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 fight they battle and uh they they don't look lost you know that's to just to, to say the least and and then obviously it's a, a different deal once we start practicing uh a week from Tuesday but anticipate them just continuing the the progression that they're on right now and continue to get better yeah I think every player we had in here today uh sighed and shook their head and we asked about uh, Coach Day's strength program and what he's been putting them through, you know, this off season. Just how have you seen that strength training and and what they're doing translate to the on field stuff? Yeah, it's been great. I mean, I could go on and on about that. One, it's uh, it, it goes back to challenging everybody. That's the one thing I love about Luke and and his staff is they're very willing to think outside the box. And I don't want to say we're unorthodox, but we probably do some things that other schools don't do, um, that there's a science behind it and things like that. So Luke's not afraid to try new things. He's willing to think outside the box. He's a very creative thinker, he and his entire staff, um, and they're very hands-on. So it starts with that. Uh, to going back to challenging the whole staff. Let's find better ways of doing things, doing better than we ever have before. And since we've been here at Carolina and, and they've, you know, taken that to heart. And I think just the the overall strength gains, you know, that our guys have made uh, are impressive. I mean, that translates over to the field, obviously, uh, getting stronger, looking more like SEC football players at certain positions uh, for sure. Um, you know, so I've been pleased with that. And then this time of year, it's about getting stronger. We've spent, you know, probably a little bit more time on running. So we're doing a little bit more running going into spring practice than we did last season, just so they can handle the running that we'll be doing once we start practice. So that's been good just from a conditioning standpoint. And like every team in America right now, it's all about just building that mental toughness and, and along with how connected can we become as a team and all that takes place in the weight room and out on the field in those off-season workouts. So seen a lot of it, you know, translate over and, and we'll continue to lift and get stronger throughout spring practice as well. We don't stop lifting weights. We just do it on the days we don't practice. And then the summertime will be really, really critical as well for that group also. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Trey Knox was in here earlier saying he thinks he has a little bit of Jaheim Bell in him. He feels like he's already a leader in that tight end room. What have you seen from him, and how is he kind of going to be an asset to this team already just as a weapon in that passing game? Yeah, he's an athletic guy. I mean, he's he's impressive. That tight end group's really impressive, period. And uh, we've got so much more depth in that room and different skill sets. we got guys, you know, that are your true, more conventional tight ends, if you will, you know. And, and not that we didn't have it last year, we just got more of them. And Trey's a big body. Josh Simon's, a, you know, a stud and, and experienced guy. And Nick Elksness. And then the uh, freshman that we have here as well. It's a good group. I mean, it went from we don't even really have tight ends in the bowl game to we've got, like, I don't want to say too many because you never have too many, but we got a lot of them. And I think Trey's, it's been good for Trey. One, he's, he's, he's very, uh, he's a great Young man, great personality, as you guys saw today. Always has a smile on his face. I saw where he commented about, you know, the family atmosphere here. And that's pretty cool to hear him say as a head coach, you know, because he's coming from another SEC program and he's been around the block a while. So um, he's we talk about positive energy all the time. He's a guy that's always got positive energy. And um, he's an athletic guy that I think is working really, really hard in the weight room, uh, on special teams, on offense. And I think it's been a good transition for him. We're not necessarily taking everything that they did at Arkansas and saying all of a sudden this is our offense at Carolina. But there is some carryover in certain elements of what we're doing offensively where from a learning standpoint – uh, I think that's been a little bit easier for Trey, and he can help those other tight ends as well because he's got some experience and maybe what Dow's calling and, and things like that that, that have that has carried over, uh, carried over from Arkansas. Shane, it, it seems like there's been an unusual amount of turnover in coordinators, particularly on offense in the SEC and in your geographic footprint. Um, what do you think about that? And then part two. Are, are you concerned uh, for college football um, that guys are going to the NFL for, I'm not going to say what reasons you can say, but mm-hmm. is that a concern? Uh, the first part about the SEC coordinator or the coordinators in general, because it's not just SEC. Yeah, I was, uh, I'll be honest with you, I really hadn't thought about it. And I saw a stat about that a week or two ago and kind of opened my eyes, particularly in the SEC, all the new offensive coordinators in the SEC. And, and I think every situation is, is, um, is different. You know, some guys didn't leave by their own choice. Some guys left for what they considered maybe better opportunities. To me, you do a great job. And you're at the highest level of college football when you do a great job in a coordinator position. There's opportunities that present themselves that are, in their minds, opportunities to advance their career, for sure. Uh, Just like, you know, being a head coach, it's a very volatile position and uh, a lot with a lot of pressure, you know, as well. So I think you see that also. And and, but again, every situation is different, but it is unique. You know, when you talk about every summer we sit down as a staff and talk about the 12 opponents that we're going to play each year. And we talk about the returning guys on offense, including the coaching staff, defense, special teams. There'll be a lot of newness this year that we got to figure out as far as, you know, our off season studies of, 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 of teams and coaching staffs. And yeah, it's concerning. There's no doubt about it. I think the quality of life um, right now as a college football coach is not as good as it can be. And I think there's a lot of guys gene that one their end goal is to go to the nfl some coaches feel that way you know that they to me that's like or not to me but to them that's the pinnacle and they want to get to the nfl so i think that's always been the case and 
And there's always been a lot of guys, not just now, there's always been college coaches that have said they want to go to the NFL because they're tired of recruiting. You know, I've heard that before. It's not like that just already started. But I think there's a lot of elements of college athletics that are more it's a it's it's a different time period. I don't want to say more challenging. We're just dealing with things as college coaches that we've never dealt with before. And everybody's trying to figure it out and navigate it uh, as well. And it's a three hundred 65 day a year job. I was listening to a podcast a couple of weeks ago with an NFL coach and he was getting interviewed and he was talking about college coaching and because he had been in the college ranks and he was talking about pro coaching and he was saying how he loves the NFL because there's days this time of year and there's days in the summertime where he'll go four or five days without even looking at his cell phone. And that is like so foreign to me like I don't even know what that feels like uh I have a hard time going four or five minutes without looking at it and he's going days so it's just different you know because you don't have the recruiting part of it in the NFL but definitely I know I'm getting long-winded with your answer Gene but there's some things and we've talked about it as coaches that certainly the the recruiting calendar and and when you're doing things uh we can can be adjusted you know around not just this time of year in the summertime but December was a grind with, you know, signing day and the transfer portal and getting ready for a bowl game and everything else. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that we're, we're, go, we're all going through it for the first time and we're all trying to figure out how to make it better and, and more sustainable for everybody. And this isn't me jumping on a soapbox and saying things are tough. I love what I do and, and, uh, and love who I do it with and, and don't feel like I've ever worked a day in my life. But certainly, um, you know, when you're off, you're not really off in college athletics but I think that's always been the case so sorry for like the six minute answer on that yeah, I had two for you how do you feel about the uh, proposals to speed up the college game and mm-hmm. <clears throat> eliminate some plays and also your thoughts on uh, I guess the reports of Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC maybe earlier than expected uh, speeding up the game yeah, that was something that we discussed. We had a head coaches meeting, all the SEC head coaches. We were in Birmingham, I think, two weeks ago today, if I'm not mistaken, or three weeks ago today, one. Whatever day that was announced, as a matter of fact, it came out that night, uh, whenever that was. Uh, and that was one of the things that we discussed, and, and that was my first time hearing about it, to be honest with you. And, and uh, I'm, I'm all for what is one continues to make Williams-Brice Stadium such an unbelievable fan experience on a Saturday because it's already elite, and we don't want to lose that. We want to continue to make that the case. And if that means that these games are getting a little bit too long, then certainly you know I'm all for looking at ways to adjust it because there was a study done, and frankly our games are a lot longer than – NFL games, just time length and things like that. And and then certainly one area of concern is with the expanded playoff. There's a potential, I think, for teams to play what seventeen games, I think would be the max if you if if you want played in a conference championship game and then what four playoff games. I think that's right. That's a lot of football. And when you talk about games that are sometimes close an offense may play 100 plays and then you times that by 17 that's a lot of football plays so when you talk about player safety and things like that those are all things that we certainly need to consider so uh, I know it's still being discussed but um, um, I can see why and then in regards to Oklahoma and Texas yeah I think it's great you know I thought it was 
uh, exciting that they're coming into the league, exciting for our fans to be able to take a trip to Norman, Oklahoma or Austin, Texas and, or, and for them to come here. But then also uh, the way the schedules, it sounds like will be adjusted where, you know, we'll be able to get uh, pretty much everywhere in the SEC over a four year span or two year span, I guess is what it is, four year span, um, that every freshman that came in here would get a chance if he stayed four years to see every every venue. I think it's uh, I think it's good. And certainly we play a really, 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 really challenging schedule every single season. And that's only going to make it more and more challenging. But I'm excited for it when it happens. And. And then I got enough to worry about with 2023 right now, but you know, looking forward to getting them in here. I'll ask you too, because I know Colin was talking about asking you this one, just to piggyback off that. The first one would be Clemson. You know, would you still want to be able to play that game? Because obviously, with everything that's going on with the SEC, there's a possibility that there could be less non-conference games. I'm sure I know what the answer is going to be, but just to give you the the opportunity to talk about that, yeah. I would. I mean, I think it's one of the great rivalries in, in all of college uh, college football and don't really want to see that go away. I mean, there's no question if we play nine conference games uh, and then, you know, an in-state rival like them, that your schedule year in, year out is probably going to be. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. One of, if not the toughest in the country, year in, year out. But as a competitor, uh, I love that. And I don't, I'm a college football um, uh, traditionalist and all that. And I don't want to see those rivalries, you know, go away because of uh, because of conference expansion. So, yeah. And the other question for you, I know you can give me the coach answer, but, you know, heading into year three, expectations, especially externally, I'm sure internally as well, are higher than when you first arrived here. Yeah. What's just different, you feel like, going into this season in terms of where this program is in comparison to where this program was in your first year around this time? One, outside this building, just like you said, the the expectations, the energy and excitement, you know, about South Carolina football is a lot higher than what it was two years ago. I get a lot more media requests that Steve comes to me with this year than I did two years ago. I get a lot more um, invitations to speak at different corporate events and things like that outside of Gamecock Club, you know, events. My first year here, I think the Gamecock Club wanted to talk to me and maybe the Rotary Club, which is great. You know, now it's just a lot more regionally, nationally, whatever, which is, is different for me, uh, different for me from a personal standpoint um, and love that part of it. Don't get me wrong. So that part's been different outside the building, which we want those expectations and that energy level. And then I think just inside the building, Mike, it's it's just the expectations with our guys of what we expect, you know, day in, day out. There's not as many knock on wood issues that, that come up 
um, academically or guys being on time or doing what they're supposed to do. I'm not sure what door y'all walk in and out of each day, but the door right down there at the bottom of the steps, the first sign they see when they come in the building each day and the last one they see is don't get tired of doing what's right. Our players do. And to me, that's it. Like, don't get tired of doing what's right. And that's going to class and that's being on time for everything. And if you're supposed to weigh in before a workout, weigh in. If you're supposed to wear black shorts, black t-shirt, white socks and black shoes and have that on. And we don't have to send you back because you got garnet shoes and 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 black socks or whatever it may be so just just that and then i think just the the type of young men that we that we continue to bring into the program that that uh embody what we want to be about it's a fun group to be around it's a very you know workmanlike group that that knows what to expect and year one and in a lot of ways year two guys were still trying to you know figure that out in a lot of ways and we've done some good things we obviously got a lot of work to do by no means have we arrived and now the challenge for us is we've gone from you know seven regular or six regular season wins to eight regular season wins and now the challenge and it's a big challenge is to take you know that next step and it's continuing to do the things that we've done really really well uh doing better than we've done them and then continue in every area don't we're not getting complacent, you know. We're continuing to to move forward, players, coaches, staff. Thank you, coach. Yep. Thank you, guys. See y'all soon. Yeah. All right. That was Coach Shane Beamer for his press conference today. We're going to run into a quick timeout. Come back on the other side and discuss it. You're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, 107.5 The Game. Back at the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, Tyler West and Chris, along with you. You just heard Shane Beamer's press conference live here on 107.5 The Game. Talked about a lot of stuff. Anything in particular stick out to you guys? I think you just start with, for those that may have missed it, or just to recap, you know, a couple quick injury notes. If you if you see in spring football and you're wondering where's Tonka Hemingway, where's he in the on the D-line, why is he not practicing two-point conversions, whatever it may be, he's going to miss the spring. Um, doesn't anticipate, rather, I should I should clarify, him or Casey Henry, who got a cup of coffee last year, Wes, as a, as a true freshman, uh, playing a, a few snaps here as a backup tackle and, and was probably going to have a chance, is going to have a chance this year to, you know, make some noise, maybe be the sixth guy, seventh guy you'd anticipate, but neither of those guys will be goes for spring ball. Of course, limitations for Jordan Strong and Mo Caba as they come off the ACL injuries they sustained last season against Arkansas and David Spaulding at least to start spring probably limited and then Beamer also pointing out that the three suspended players um, Anthony Rose, Monique Rames, Cam Upshaw still not part of the team and remain suspended at this time. Yeah I mean went as far as to say uh, basically on the three guys um, what, what was the quote? Uh, I don't anticipate any of them being back with us at any point in the near future. So uh, it's certainly not that this is a surprise at all, but it certainly sounds like that situation is uh, far from being um, decided and, um, you know, still very much up in the air as far as their future with the South Carolina program. Otherwise, I mean, Chris, and I know we don't have a lot of time. We got to hit a break here. Um, Tyler, you can just cut us off if you have to, but um, just, Kind of a lot of housekeeping, some offensive talk, but still, I feel like they haven't quite given away much of anything other than what they told us right off the bat on what the approach is for this new offense. Yeah, Shane Beamer, I mean, we know that going fast is going to be a priority for them at times, but even dialed that back a little bit. 
Dow back to talk about how he and, and Dow Loggins haven't made any firm decisions on just how often they're going to go tempo. So it was a fairly standard press conference. We learned some things, but still generally a lot to learn about this team as they go through spring. Yeah, we'll hit one more break, come back on the other side and wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs right here on 107.5 The Game. And back in once again, the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler, Wes, and Chris wrapping up the Thursday edition. We will have an abbreviated show tomorrow as we lead right into women's basketball coverage out at the SEC tournament. Uh, Guys, we can certainly jump into more of what Shane Beamer had to say uh, earlier on in his press conference tomorrow. This is the easiest show uh, of all time. Uh, The Shane Beamer takeover hour. Uh, But yeah, we'll have, we can talk about it tomorrow. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited, Chris. We'll talk about this going into spring as well. But there are some guys that I'm really excited to see play for the yeah. first time. You know, Beamer talked a bit about Pup Howard today and just the, you know, listed at 242 on the official roster. Been a, a pretty seamless transition for him, it seems like, as far as coming in. I mean, he was in in December. Beamer mentioned how that helped him. And uh, I thought it was interesting. He said that the tight ends are a little bit more conventional tight ends than what mm-hmm. they've had in the past. That I don't know if I had would necessarily have used that word, but that, that kind of caught my attention. Yeah, and I think maybe saying that because, of you know, Jaheim Bell certainly not a conventional tight end, right? Running back slash tight end. Running back slash receiver. Yeah, you don't see that a lot. You know, Austin Stogner, I think you do think of him a little bit more as a conventional tight end, but I think the feeling, and maybe this is what he was saying, Wes, not to put words in Coach's mouth, but, um, you know, you look at Josh Simon and Trey Knox. These are guys that are advanced as pass catchers you know I I was actually talking to somebody who does a lot of NFL scouting yesterday but also keeps up with college football and the transfer portal of course and he pointed out South Carolina is upgraded at tight end from a pass catching standpoint now you didn't say overall that's probably a debate Mm -hmm. but they're bringing in some guys that have a experience and b playmaking ability and I know we talked a lot yesterday Wes about the tight end position Trey Knox who spoke today Josh Simon who spoke today Shane Beamer singled both of those guys out and mentioned them. He was asked a question about Trey, but he made sure to bring up Josh Simon. And I've independently heard some really good things about Josh Simon as they're in the midst of workouts and the player-run practices and how he's really done a nice job. So, you know, Elksness we've talked about, a little bit more of a blocker. They've got some freshmen coming in. But those two guys, Knox and Simon, are going to play a key role. Those are two of the guys I'm pretty excited to see. I keep using and hearing the phrase grown man for for both those guys. I think fans will see that in the spring. And, Chris, no surprise at all, Shane Beamer does still want to play Clemson, regardless (laughs) of if there's a nine-game SEC schedule in the future. No surprise there at all. Yep. Uh, We'll have some more of that audio for you to listen to tomorrow as we dive more into what Shane Beamer had to say on the Friday edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Halftime show with Jay and Terry coming up next on 107.5 The Game. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.